You're listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net. And thanks for joining us. Still, after 2,000 years, you, you sing. And in another 2,000 years, the singing will only get louder. And the people will only get more. I am Yaakov. You might tell from my attire that I am a shepherd. Or maybe it was this that you guessed, right? A shepherd. Do you know what, you, do you know what this is used for? Do you children know what we use this for? You see, sheep, they do not like the hand. You try to go grab them, and they run away. And no matter how you try, they see the hand coming, and they go. But they are so stupid, they do not know this is in your hand. <laughs> so you just grab them, and you pull them. And they are too dumb to back up, so you just back them right up to yourself, and you have them. In fact, many of your parents might think about getting one of these for, for your <laughs> two- to four-year-olds. They're very handy. When you sing, when you sing this Christmas, let it take you back. Let it take you to the, the narrow alleyways. Let it take you to the small streets of Bethlehem. And let it take you to the stable. Let it take, take you so you can Gaze into the face of the little baby lying there in the manger. If you saw what I saw, your life would be changed forever. We shepherds got very little respect. You see, we were uneducated. The only need, kind of education you need is you need to count as many sheep as you have. Beyond that, it's it's unnecessary. So I could count to 110. That is the number of sheep that I was responsible for. And not only were we uneducated, we were looked down upon because we were not religious. On Saturday, The synagogue, everybody goes, but they frown upon bringing 110 sheep into the synagogue. And you can't just leave them alone, and you're taking them great distances. So there was no religious upbringing. And so we are known as the the ones who drink, the ones who do not do any religious activity. We are frowned upon by all in society. How do you become a shepherd? Why do you become a shepherd? Well, every family had its shepherds, and It was because I, Jacob, was the youngest that I was chosen to tend to all of the family's sheep. But I was not alone. It was me and my two cousins and my uncle, Simone, watching sheep. No education, no real religion, and no skills, so they say. But we had skills. I had such skills. 
All 110 of my sheep, I know them by name. You think they all look the same? Well, let me tell you, they think you all look the same. But not only could I tell them by name, with my eyes closed, I could tell them by their sound. You children, what sound does a sheep make? That's very good. That sounded just like Naomi, one of my little sheep. That's just exactly right. All 110, like some, some, bah, like that. Very nice sound, but mostly not nice sound. Some, bah, some, bah. One of my sheep, he, bah, and one, he could not, he could not even make a sound. So I called him Cain because he was not able. <laughs> so many talents, but none of them. My brothers working good jobs. Some get education, but me, sheep, sheep, sheep every day. So what do we do? Well, my uncle Simone, he could play the lyre. And my other cousins, we could sing, and we would sing every night. We would tell stories, and then Uncle Simone, on this particular day, had just come back from Bethlehem, and he's telling us all the gossip and the things about the different families and all the news that we have not heard for weeks. And it was so welcome just to hear. And this night was just like any normal night. We sang, we told stories, listened to Uncle Simone and his gossip. And then all the sheep are bedded down all across the pasture land, all together. And we are by the fire. And the fire has stopped flaming, and now it's just the embers. And more than anything, I loved to sit there as it got dark and look at the stars in the sky and wonder at their greatness. And the embers... They were glowing and getting darker and darker. In the sky, nothing but darkness. Cold, dark, silence. These three friends. When suddenly, I lit on fire in front of us, and I was quickly on my face, hiding my, my eyes from the bright light that was burning. And the more I hid my eyes, the brighter the light became. There was no hiding from the light that was shining right through me. Terror gripped my soul. I have been afraid of things in the dark, but that is nothing compared to the fear of this holy light. I have always feared evil things, but there was no fear like being afraid of that which I knew was absolute glory and the holiness of our God. I knew I was going to die. Then suddenly from the light and the glory came a voice. Be not afraid. And the voice was so powerful that it should have made me more afraid. But instead, the voice took the fear right out of me. And I ventured to my knees and to look into the light. 
And there was the angel of the Lord in all of its glory. Be not afraid, for I bring you great news, great news of joy that will be for all people. For today in the city of David, a Savior is born who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you as you go. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. And that glorious being that was unlike any brilliance I had ever seen was suddenly swallowed by an even greater glory as the whole valley, armies of Angels, thousands upon thousands, all singing glory to God in the highest. And peace on earth among men with whom he is pleased. Oh, the sound. I can hear it now in my ears. To call it music would be an injustice, for it was so much more beautiful than anything I have ever heard. Then suddenly, the glorious skies and the armies of angels, gone, and there I'm left alone, shivering, eyes blinded by the light and the darkness, cold, dark, and my eyes slowly adjusted to the light, and my senses slowly, slowly returned to me, and I realized, wait, I am not alone. And I looked to my cousins, and the same thing. They look at me, and I asked a question without any words. And they answered without a word. We sat there in silence and in our shivering for the next several minutes before all of our faculties returned. And when they returned, hey, the angel, he has said, to Bethlehem, we must go to Bethlehem. So quickly, we, we, gathered, we gathered our things and we, we began the journey and Uncle Simone says, stop, Yaakov, you are the youngest. You must stay and watch the sheep. <sighs> I have been taught to obey my elders, but inside there was nothing of obedience in this, and I had to go. Simone, if I do not go, that is disobeying the angel. And if you are the one telling me to disobey, what will happen to you? I've never seen someone get so white. Okay, we will put the sheep in their pens and we gathered the sheep for, for a, a few minutes and, and we gathered them all and shoved them into the rock pens. And not even a wolf could get anything but a bite of wool in this, as they are pinned in as tight as we can pin them in. And we shut the gate and we were off. Now being the, the youngest, they are always telling me to go up to this sheep on this hill and go find the sheep there on that hill. So I'm always going, going. Finally, it pays a dividend for me. As we are running, I would run to the next hill and wait, come on, come on, cousins, come on, Simone. And Simone would, well, I describe him a little bit like this. 
And so he would run, he'd run, and he'd get to the top of the hill. <sighs> and of course, then I just run to the next hill. Give him no rest at all. He deserves this, believe me. So he, he's running every hill, gasping for air. And it is so fun to watch Uncle I will never forget Uncle Simone just about dying on the way to Bethlehem. Such a good memory. And then we arrived at Bethlehem. Now, Bethlehem and the countryside are really no different. Nothing but darkness over the city. How will we find the child? The angel said something about strips of cloth, a manger. None of this makes sense. So we just begin to walk the streets, begin to walk the narrow alleyways. And then it happened. A baby. A baby's cry. It's over here. And so we walked. And listen. There it is again. It's over here. Back behind the houses. Back behind down a narrow alleyway. We hear the cries. There's nothing but a stable. The cries coming from in this. We open the gate and, and we walk into the stable and there is a mother and a father and a little baby with one candle lit laying in the manger. My uncle Simone, <laughs> like a crazy man, comes in and looks and breaks the silence by trying to tell this man and this woman about everything that happened. And none of it made sense. Uncle Simone is, it really sounded like a crazy man. Angels and tell us, they co come here, see a baby wrapped in... It, he's not very good at putting things together. But as he told the story, you could see this, this couple that was so down, so sad, begin to smile and understanding that as terrible as this was to give birth here, that it was God's perfect plan. We gathered around and with this one solitary candle, the father held it up so we could peer into the face of this baby that they have said is the Messiah, the chosen one. And I will never forget looking into the face of the Messiah. Well, my uncle Simone told me to quickly to go back and check on the sheep and they would stay there till the next morning so they could tell all of their relatives and friends which, by the way, people listened in, in disbelief and just wrote it off to some drunken shepherds, ultimately, and none of them were really interested in seeking the child. But they sure loved to hear us tell our stories, whether they believed it was true or not. And I several times would come back to Bethlehem and this, this family, I saw the woman and, and the man and, and the child was growing as I would come back and, he was soon learning to walk. In this woman, I remember coming to her the first time I saw the child, and she could tell I was one of those shepherds. And I asked, what is the child's name? What have you named it? Yeshua, which means Savior. 
the child continued to grow. And, and the last time I saw the child, it was just learning to walk. And then we were called out and took, took our sheep way into the wilderness during the rainy season so they could feed. And on the way back, the news came of a massacre in Bethlehem. And we went into the city and, and women were wailing even though the massacre had taken place two weeks prior, weeping and wailing throughout the city. It was, it was Herod, the man who would kill his own sons. That cursed man. It must have found out that the child was here and seeking to destroy him, killed all the children in the city. And I, I ran to the house where I knew that they lived and the house was empty. Was the child living? Was he living? Or had Herod destroyed him? Both me and my uncle and my cousins, we were distraught. But we encouraged each other with the words of the angel. God would not let his child, his chosen one, to be killed. But then where is he? All children were massacred. He came in in the middle of the night. But still we held on. Time would show us. I remember ten years went by and my uncle Simone, he passed on. Then I became a father, and my children and my nieces and nephews, they would come to me. Uncle Yoko, please tell us, tell us the story. And I would tell the story, just as I have told you, of the angels, of the message from God, of the baby in the, ma in the manger. And they would ask, where is the baby now? And then I would have to tell the story of Herod and saying, time will, will tell. We have hope in God. He will reveal himself. 20 years goes by, 25. Every time I hear the name Yeshua, which is a common name, is he, is he the one? Is it the one? Is it the one? 30 years and now I am the only one left. My cousins are dead. My uncle gone. And I start to doubt my own senses. Did I really see this? Is the child alive? And then, one day I hear of a man unlike any other man. Up north he is preaching, he's, he's healing the sick, he is raising the his name is Yeshua, but he is Yeshua from Nazareth. Could he be the same? Hope, faith said yes. But as I thought, but no, I had to know, is he the one? So I tell my nephews and my own son, now I am like Uncle Simon, I know it's very bad, 
But I tell them, you will stay and watch the sheep. I must go find and see if this is Jesus of Nazareth indeed was born in Bethlehem. One question in my whole life will make sense. But what if he was not? I had to know. So I left on a five-day journey up toward the Sea of Galilee. And there, I will never forget seeing him on a hill amongst thousands of people. And I went among the crowds, many seeking his attention to be touched, to be healed. And me with a silly question. But I must know. As he was preaching, as he was teaching, he walked among the crowd. He was walking in my direction. The closer he came, my courage disappeared. And I was ashamed. I was a dirty shepherd, and he was a righteous man. And I, I looked away. I was on my knees listening but the closer he came, the more I could not look, the more I could not even venture my question. He walked right by me, and I, in shame, looked away. But then I noticed he has stopped beside me. And I looked up. looking down upon me. My friend, he says, you have traveled a long way. I wanted to ask, but I could not. He continued. In what region do you keep your sheep? I would answer, and then I would know. But I could not speak. I cleared my throat. I keep them. Wait, you keep them, he said, in the regions of Bethlehem, don't you? He knew. He reached down. He picked me up. He whispered into my ear. I have been watching for you, my friend. It is good to see you again. So when you sing, let it take you to that child in the manger. Here, we have the candle of salvation that was promised long before and awaited for in the Messiah. Here the candle of joy, joy inexpressible, joy that will go to all peoples at all times, everywhere. Here we have the candle of the presence of God. Emmanuel, God with us. And here we have the candle of hope, a hope that never dies even when our faith dims, a hope that is certain in the righteous Savior who has given himself for us. 
And today I light for you the candle of the Christ, the Messiah, the one who fulfills all prophecy, the King of Kings, Emmanuel, the good shepherd. Let your songs take you there to gaze upon the face of the child and to look into the face of God. Do you see what I see? So when you see the Christmas story, what do you see? That is the very question that we have been exploring together this entire month as we have been anticipating and looking forward to this night and to tomorrow. We've tried to enter this Christmas story through the lens, through the eyes of those who lived it some 2,000 years ago. We started with Joseph for those of you who are with us. And then we went to Elizabeth and went to Mary and then the wise men and now our shepherd here tonight. What was it that they saw? Because the Christmas story is not a fairy tale. It's not a fable and it's not a bedtime story. This really is history. And therefore, it does demand a response from us. But of course we can dismiss it or put it aside and never think critically about it. But what do we see when we see the Christmas story? Because religion teaches that people seek God. That's really the basic definition of, of religion. But the Christmas story is about God seeking people. It completely turns that on its ear. And so therefore, we have to do business with that. Because if the Christmas story is true, if it really is history, if this really did happen, if God became one of us through Jesus Christ, then it changes absolutely everything. And one of the reasons why we exchange gifts, some of you will do that tonight, some of you, probably most of you will do that tomorrow, is because we are celebrating and remembering the greatest gift of Christmas, and that is God to us. I respect and appreciate that there are probably a number of spiritual journeys, faith beliefs that are represented here tonight. But what the Christmas story is about is about a God who comes seeking us. And we have joined with literally hundreds and hundreds of years of Christians, of Jesus followers, who have celebrated the Christmas story through the lighting of these candles each week, each Sunday this month. And we started with the candle of salvation. Because one of the gifts that this amazing God gives us is the gift of salvation through his son, Jesus. His name literally means, as the shepherd reminded us, God saves, the Savior. 
And he saves us from our brokenness, from our selfishness, from what the Bible calls our, our sin. And it's not a hard sell for most of us to look around at this world and to do business with the reality that this world is broken. And we are all broken people. We, are, we all start out in that place. And yet this amazing God seeing us in our brokenness won't leave us there, but instead comes and saves us from that, saves us from our selfishness and making life all about us by giving us the life we're really looking for through a relationship with him. And so it really is a defining moment when you and I are doing business with the Christmas story and we recognize and realize that this God wants to save us not only from sin but to save us to the very life that we're looking for. And the common denominator that runs through all the characters in the Christmas story that we've looked at is that they all recognized the work of God and then they responded to the work of God. And the first way you respond to the work of God in your life and the reality of the Christmas story is to receive this God into your life, to receive Jesus Christ into your life by making his salvation your very own through a relationship with him. But that's not the only gift we get in the Christmas story and through Jesus Christ. We get salvation, but we also get joy because when you know him, when he's a part of your life, you have a joy that transcends circumstances and heartache and difficulty and loss and crisis. And some of you are in that very place here this evening. You're in a very hard place. And yet there is a joy that can be yours to have through knowing this amazing God and having him in your life. And then there's the candle of presence. We can have joy because God's presence is always with us when we know him, when we are in that right relationship with him. This is a time of year when a surprising number of people feel lonely. But the reality is, if you know and love Jesus Christ, if he's a part of your life, you may be lonely, but you're never alone. The candle of presence helps us remember that. And finally, the candle of hope, that this is the God of, of hope, hope for today and hope for tomorrow. So once again, the question remains for you and me, and it is a question at some point we have to do business with. When you see the Christmas story, what do you see? One of our traditions at these candlelight services is we light candles together. And these candles really represent the realities that we're remembering and doing business with tonight together. And so I'm gonna invite our worship team to come forward and our candle lighters who will be helping me light our candles here tonight. And as we do this, we really intend this to be a worship response. This is more than just lighting a candle and creating some, some beauty. We wanna encourage you to, to make this a worship response and there's a number of ways that you can do this. Some of you may recognize that you're not really sure if you know Jesus as your God. I mean, clearly you know about him but there's a huge difference between knowing about him and knowing him as your God. And it's a defining moment when you choose to receive him into your life, when you literally choose to say, I want you in my life. Lighting your candle is a way for you to do that, to take that moment just between you and God and to invite him to come into your life.
for those of you who know Jesus, which of these gifts do you need most right now? His joy, his presence, his hope, or a reminder of what he saves you from and what he saves you to. And then there are probably others of you who, yeah, you're still doing business with this, you're not quite sure where you land, that's okay too. Then as you light your candle tonight, let that represent that you're gonna continue to think critically, to pursue and seek and be open to this God who is seeking you and trying to draw near to you. And so as we light our candles, let this be a worship response together. Like you to take a moment and look around the room. It's beautiful. And as we prepare to end our times, time together, I'd like you to let these words sink in. This is out of the Gospel of Matthew in the New Testament. This is chapter five, verses 12 through 14. As you look around the room and look at your own candle, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand where it can shine and give light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before people that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Because you see, Jesus is the light of the world. And when you know him and when you love him, then his light shines through you to a world that so desperately needs you. We wanna pray God's blessing over you as we prepare to go. God, again, I thank you for each person who is here and I thank you that you are the God who comes seeking us and looking for us. Thank you that you rescue us from sin and from brokenness and you rescue us to a life of blessing, a life of hope and joy and your presence with us. And so God, would we remember these things and would we remember most of all that the greatest gift of Christmas is the gift of yourself to us. We thank you, Jesus, for this time together and it's in your name we pray, amen. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for being here. We hope we get to see you back here this Sunday. Have a great Christmas. Thank you for joining us for Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church here in Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net.